Uh, Peace is going to be preaching tonight. Looking forward to that. Always do when he's here. And uh, always thankful for that. So, so let's just take a moment and pray. Let's get ready for the service. I don't have his text to read or anything. He is uh, going to going to just read his own text later. He's uh, probably used to that anyway. I, we had a preacher in here one time, a guest preacher. I said, hey, do you mind if we, can we, can we get your text to read? And he went, huh? I was like, well, we read the text ahead of time. Okay, I guess. I'm like, he hasn't been back. But anyway. <laughs> it wasn't he. It wasn't he. But it was just kind of, it kind of caught him off guard. I was like, okay. So anyway, it's funny. So let's pray. Remember, uh, you know, Neil's not feeling well. I told Judy. I told you. You didn't do it. I told to kick Neil in the other hip and he'd forget all about the pain in the other one. But she wouldn't do it. So you get to deal with him now. So no, we're praying for Brother Neil. His surgery is still four weeks away, so he's got a long time to go on that. He's really struggling on that. So do pray for him. And remember Miss Barbara, of course, and, and uh, just a lot there. Brother Jack's. Need some special prayer on some work things, and we're praying, praying about that. So there's a lot to pray about, and uh, but right now we need to really focus our attention. The Lord's got some answers for us tonight, and we need to focus our attention on that too as well. So let's take a moment to pray, and uh, I'll close this up here in just a moment. Our Father, we thank you tonight for the opportunity to be back again this evening, and we are looking forward to the to the message tonight. And, and Father, we just pray for Brother Peace that uh, Lord, you just give him the unction of the Holy Spirit and just uh, anointing to preach tonight. Just to give him uh, just a clarity of mind and speech, and and just help him, Father, tonight as he brings forth your word. And we look forward to what your Holy Spirit does with your word tonight. We need you tonight. We need answers tonight. We need direction tonight. We need encouragement tonight. And, and uh, Lord, we need what you have for us. And, and Father, we just pray tonight you'd give us hearts and, and minds ready and able and willing to receive what you have for us and to, and, uh, to go out and do what you'd have us to do. We're looking forward to that tonight. Would you bless your word and uh, bless those that are here, bless those that are watching online. Just ask for a special blessing upon them. And we thank you for what you're going to do tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand one more time and turn to page 22. <clears throat> page 22, and we'll sing all verses. assurance Jesus is mine oh what a foretaste of glory divine there is salvation purchase of God born of his spirit wash in his blood this is my story this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. 
This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission. Perfect delight. Visions of rapture never on my side. Angels descending bring from above echoes of mercy, whispers of love. This is my story, this is my soul, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I am my Savior, I'm happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above. With his goodness, lost in his love. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior. All the day long. Thank you. May be seated, Pastor. chapter number 2, verse 41 through 47. God's word says, Then they gladly received his word and were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were, were uh, together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods and parted them uh, to all men as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking, breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for the day that you gave us, Lord, uh, a great day. Thank you for the message that we had this morning. And, and Lord, I pray that you, uh, Lord, just have your hand upon this next hour, Lord, that we can just see what you want to say to us. Allow the Holy Spirit to move freely. Lord, we thank you so much for this church, and, and Lord, we ask for your blessings in the building program and a blessing upon the pastor and his wife. Lord, just thank you so much for everything you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to focus on Acts chapter 2, verse number 42, uh, because uh, now I can just preach.
preach on this and just break up this sentence and preach that way. But I'm going to actually go through uh, some things here. Uh, but uh, look at what it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. You know, it's important that we make sure that uh, we understand these things that we must continue steadfastly. Not changing, not stopping. But if you look here, uh, it has that word fellowship. Fellowship's important. Now, in our church, I've been preaching through a series of the duty of a Christian. And fellowship is one of those that God gives us as a duty. Now, might I remind you that salvation is not a duty. Salvation is a free gift. It's a gift that, uh, that uh, Christ gave to us, and we understand that we must acknowledge first that we're a sinner and acknowledge that Jesus Christ died on a cross for us. And I believe there's preparation in the heart, and that preparation comes as, Lord, forgive me my sins. The Bible tells us to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. Amen. But the thing that saves you is to call upon the name of the Lord. Jesus, save me. Has nothing to do with baptism, has nothing to do with church membership, has nothing to do with about going to church. My Bible tells me that from that time where I call upon our Savior to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. It's only Christ that saves. The Bible also tells us no man comes to the Father but by, through Christ. And so that's the only way. He is the, the way, the truth, and the life. And I, I just, uh, but when we get through salvation, and I'm not downplaying salvation, salvation's the most important decision I made in my whole life. It's the only one that gave true life. Um, you, but after salvation, our walk is all about duty. It's all about duty. And what we do to please God in that walk as a Christian. And we have many Christians today, and we have, oh, we have Christians that look like the world. You've seen those out there, and you say, well, maybe they're not Christians. Well, if they called upon the name of the Lord, you know, they, they're saved, the Bible right. says. Right. You know, when somebody gives me their salvation testimony, I don't question it. I just look for those things that are biblical and what they did. Right. I mean, somebody says, well, I got saved because I've been to church every Sunday, uh, they didn't get saved because of that. Right. I got saved because my mom and dad were saved. No, you don't get saved through mom and dad's uh, uh, apron spring, st uh, strings. You get saved by calling on the Savior. Right. But can I remind you today, our walk is so important. And it doesn't matter from a new Christian to an old Christian. does not matter. The walk is still an important thing in their life. Yes. You know, think about that. When we got saved... We got a ticket to heaven. You know, there's Christians that not only are worldly, but there's some Christians that, that maybe, I don't know, I'm thinking, robbed a bank. Now, I'm going to say that, and there's always that question, well, if they robbed a bank, can they be saved? They can if they really called upon the name of the Lord from the heart. Bible says, and, and, and it's from the heart, but man, uh, confession was made with the mouth. And so we understand, the, I'm talking to everyone that I hope is saved here, uh, but uh, I don't know about the pastor's wife, but we'll witness to her later. Uh, but can I tell you this, that it's important that, that we get that sure right with us. Bible says no man can take you out of God's hand. That's a start for us. But can I say that this walk thing is more like a duty. Now, you look at Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul was talking about how, how he could never repay the debt that Christ did on the cross for him. And, you know, one of the things that Paul did, he, he was thrown in prison. He was shipwrecked. He was all those things, and, and he struggled and all those things. But listen, he, he stood firm on God, and he stood firm on salvation, and he stood firm on telling people that did not want to hear it about Jesus Christ mm -hmm. sounds a little bit like today. Mm -hmm. Today, no one wants to hear about Christ in this world. But we need a few tools to help us to do the duty that God's called us to do. 
And, you know, even when you look at now, we, uh, I don't know about here, but back home, there's such a big thing about, oh, well, you have to be baptized to close the deal for salvation. Where does it say that in the Bible? It doesn't. But yet now they're trying to integrate works with your salvation that God freely gave to you. That's not what baptism's all about. The Bible uses this word, it's a picturing. It's a picturing. Now, I can take a picture, and that picture snaps an image of something. Does, you know, uh, it doesn't even necessarily mean it actually happened. Think about this. When you go to Silver Dollar City, now I know you guys are locals and you don't think Silver Dollar City is anything worth going to and it's just a waste of money and all that stuff probably. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> but you go into the, the place that's over there by fire in the hall. Now, I, I grew up in, in, in Silver Dollar City. Dad was, uh, ran a shake mill in there, so he was one of those guys that used to cut shakes. And he would literally, my sister and I, We'd go early in the morning to Silver Dollar City. He'd drop us off. And he wouldn't pick us back up till the evening, till he was off work. And, I mean, we had a route. We'd go into the, 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 uh, the, the, the candy store and we'd get uh, peanut brittle and a freshly made peanut brittle. And they, it came to where we came every day and they had some waiting for us. You know, and this was before I got saved. Yes, I went to the saloon and and uh, had a crush on one of the saloon girls, but that was before I saved. But but can I tell you that uh, that that you can go into that uh, the store that's right next to that saloon, and you can get a picture taken of you in the 1800s with a gun and a rifle and all those things, and you can snap that picture and you can put it on your wall. But that does not mean that you were around in the 1800s. Right. Now maybe my dad was, but no one else was. <laughs> And yet, it's a, just a picturing of what maybe a fantasy would be. Baptism is a picturing of what Christ did for us. Amen. And, it's, and I love this because even the Lord suffers the same way with us. Right. Because he says, do this in memory of me. Right. Do this as, uh, as, a, as a, uh, a memory of what I did. And, and, and even the Lord's Supper and all those two that are so critical for us, God gave us those to point to him, to Christ. Amen. Now listen, we need to do those things. You need to take the Lord's Supper. Yeah. You say, well, I'm not right with God. That's too bad. Get right with God and then take the Lord's right. Supper. Amen. You know, I never understood that where people say, oh, I'm just not right with God. I don't know if I should have take the Lord's Supper. It doesn't say that in the Bible to not take it. It says that you should take it. Yeah. It's disobedient not to take it. Right. Get baptized. You know, I had this, this guy that used to go to our church, and he struggled with everything. He struggled with authority. He struggled with this, and he struggled with that, and he struggled with tithing, and he struggled with everything. And I said, I got him alone one time. I said, do you know Christ is your Savior? And it got to that point, and he says, yes, I know that I'm truly saved. And I said, well, what about your baptism? You know, and he says, I've never been baptized. And it hit me. He's neglecting the one thing that allows growth in a Christian walk. Right. And that growth is to submit to Christ 100%. Yeah. And when you humble yourself, and really baptism's all about that, is really humbling yourself before uh, man. And, and all. it doesn't matter what people think and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's a humbling to, to do the baptism as an adult. Yeah. But, you know, it's part of obedience. That song the kids sing, I love that song. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. You know, I appreciated the message this morning because really talking about religion and, and tying all that in, this ties in well with this message because we as Christians need to walk in the light of the Lord. So we see this here is the, that they continued, uh, they continued steadfastly in verse number uh, 42. And what? The apostles' doctrine. Well, what's the apostles' doctrine? How about this? The word of God. And they continued steadfastly in the word of God. And I think that's also very important to our growth. But yet, I haven't even got to our subject tonight. And fellowshiped. Now, the duty of the first, I wish I was staying another two months. I'd love to go through this yeah, with you. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be fired. 
But can I tell you that fellowship is a duty that God gave us, and we have to be careful with what we fellowship with. I have in my notes that uh, that verses 39 through 40 is a promise that God gave us, and he added to the church, and, and we see that there was even around 3,000 souls that got saved. Praise the Lord. Can you imagine Crimson Avenue Baptist Church coming to church one day, preaching the word of God, continuing steadfast in the doctrine of Christ, and seeing 3,000 souls get saved? Wouldn't that be awesome? Later on, it says, and God added to the church daily. Boy, that has a, a, a something to say for these folks. And, and, and here, I would just put these thoughts down that, that the people of this church did not make a confession and then go back to the world. No, they continued steadfastly. And notice that these, these baptized disciples didn't drift by the wayside. They, they began right away to grow in Christ. Even when Paul was, was coming in and he was uh, hailing them and he was doing all these things and he was throwing people in jail and all this stuff and even Stephen was stoned and when he scattered the church, they continued in Christ's doctrine. Isn't that awesome? Amen. See, that's what the secret to growth is. I have my notes, no Christian will grow until he learns to be faithful in the basic duties of a Christian life. And, and I find this to be true. And one of this here is fellowship, one of these duties. I, you know, fellowship uh, with God. Fellowship with one another. We see that uh, the greatest commandment is to love God first and then love each other. And we see how important that becomes. And we believe as independent fundamental Baptists, we believe in fellowship. Mm -hmm. But do we believe in fellowship with just anybody? Now, I know your pastor, and if I was some charismatic, uh, uh, holy, whatever, rolling pastor, I probably wouldn't be up here preaching. And I know your pastor, and I'm pretty sure he checked me out. Just because I have the last name Peace and I kind of look like one of your church members <laughs> does not mean that, that I'm necessarily right in doctrine. Right, yeah, right. So we don't just fellowship with anybody. Right. We fellowship with people that believe we believe. And so we see that, gro- that growth being very important. We recognize that that fellowship is important. Uh, you know, we've, I, I've got in my notes that uh, not only fellowship, but I'm a born-again believer. I'm so thankful for my salvation. Amen. I'm thankful that the Lord saved me. I'm thankful that he keeps his promise and he doesn't renege on a single thing. I'm just so thankful that he walks with me and and just Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. I would not be a pastor today if God hadn't directed my path. Now, I, I like to say I'm a pastor out of conviction. I was never trained to be a pastor I was trained to be an IT guy. I was really good at it, too. I climbed up through the state, and I was uh, management in the state. I had a huge staff that worked underneath me, and I had, uh, I had a budget of millions and millions of do- dollars. Never was trained to be a pastor until God broke my heart to become one. Amen. First thing he said, well, you need to go to Bible college of some sort, so I did. And after I graduated that, I thought, well, you know, Lord, I just don't know if you're calling me to be a pastor. He says, I am. I made so many excuses in my life. But listen, he is in charge of my walk. Amen. He's in charge of me. I might not always understand it, but wisdom doesn't come from man. Wisdom comes from God. Amen. So let's talk a little about the wisdom of fellowship. And not just the wisdom of fellowship, but the wisdom of godly fellowship. Uh, our, the Bible says in Proverbs 13:20. Uh, go ahead and turn there with me, thir- chapter 13, verse number 20. And God's word says, "He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed." Mm-hmm. Wisdom comes with who you fellowship with. Wisdom comes with who you fellowship with. 
I like that, again, steadfastly, and I like the fact that when you read through uh, verses number 41 all the way to 47, it uses words like all in one accord, Mm -hmm. all together, Uh, steadfastly with one another. Listen, if Crimson Avenue Baptist Church is going to see the goals that God has for you, you must be in one accord. Amen. Heading in the same direction. Right. And uh, you want to see things happen in this church that are exciting things? Uh, you must be in one accord. You want to you see a revival come? Uh, I agree with your pastor that, that, boy, I tell you, you should start now praying for revival. And when you have that, you should be praying and preparing for revival. And when God hits it, you should acknowledge where it came from. Right. And you must be praising God all together in one accord. It's so very important for us. Our wisdom is affected by who we listen to. I was, you know, Christians today, they're funny, aren't they? Christians are funny. They are. I mean, you know, the wisdom that they have, they get it from the weirdest places. They do. They get it from the internet. They get it from YouTube. Now, I, I say that, but we do like you guys. We broadcast our service, and I think it's on YouTube. But can I tell you that, that uh, what we watch, we have to be careful about. Right. You know, some of us who have been a Christian for a long time say, well, I've got the wisdom. I understand what's right and what's wrong. But if you don't try it with this, Amen. you can be led astray like anybody else. Right. You know, we were talking about the, uh, this morning in Sunday school class, we were talking about how um, people are going to be led astray. And, and Satan, I, I believe Satan's powerful. And, and brother, I believe in demons. I believe in that. And I've, I've uh, you know, dealt with some things in my life. And, and, and I'll tell you what, uh, uh, I've seen things that I know are evil and I know you should stay away from them. Why? Because God gave me discernment and God gave that through his word. Right. This is what is discernment is. Yep. This is true wisdom. Mm, but <laughs> Christians get it from the weirdest places. <laughs> from the weirdest places. Yeah. But they don't get it from reading their Bible every morning. Waking up. I, I, I agree with David. I get up early in the morning do my devotions. Just that's as fresh as you're going to see me. Right. Now, I get up, and I'm whistling, and I'm singing, and I'm that kind of person. I go to bed. I don't say anything to anyone. I just go to bed. But in the morning is my time, and morning's fresh. It's when I feel the best out of the day. I get up, and I do my devotion and spend time with God, and it's so precious. My wife doesn't get up the same way I get up. Now, why God did that, I don't know. I really don't know. I wake up and say, good morning. She says, go back to sleep. (laughs) I remember we were first married, and she got out, and I got out of bed, and I'm whistling, and I'm singing, and I'm getting ready for work, and and, uh, that was back when we were in the military station in Germany, and I'm just all happy. I turn around, and she's standing there like this. I said, what's wrong, honey? Now, I could read her mind. If I knew you were going to be like this, I would have never married you. She was a lunch kind of person. That's when she woke up. Not really. She'd get so mad at me if I said that out loud. I was just thinking it. You guys could hear it. But can I tell you that because the morning is my best time, that's the time I want to give God. That's when I want to seek Him. And my day gets started the right way. Not with the internet, not with some weird whatever, not with somebody else's wisdom, with the Word of God. And by the way, every young pastor out there, boy, they like books today. Maybe it's because I'm illiterate, I don't know, but, but I will tell you this, that the only book I really like is this one. If I want to become a better pastor... I don't need to read a book by John such and such on how to be a better pastor. I just need to apply what I'm reading here. Mm. A better husband, apply it. A better father, 
apply it. A better son, apply it. This is all we need. Now, I have nothing against books. I really don't. But when we start putting more faith and trust in those on building our church and not on this, then there's a problem. And that's what we have to be careful of. But when we see this, that we see that, that our, uh, our, our, um, our uh, wisdom comes, is affected by what we do. I have in my notes churches, uh, different churches have different views, not always the right view. TV, radio shows, tapes, internet, books, magazine, these all can affect the wisdom of fellowship and what you should be doing. Um, you know, I've had people call me up and say, oh, Pastor Peace, we really love your church. I said, ma'am, I don't know who you are. You've never been to our church. I even looked at the records. Oh, we're with you online. I certainly don't see a tithe online. <laughs> Sometimes I think it's dangerous to do everything online because it's easy for people to sit in their pajamas in their easy chair and kind of watch that in the football game at the same time. Now, I have people in my church that try to do that on their phone. On Super Bowl Sunday, I pass the offering plate around. I make them put their phones in it, and I put it at the back of the church. You think, well, aren't you going to lose people, Pastor Peace? Um, I haven't yet, but who knows? It might come. See, we've taken the work out of Christianity, and work's important. My dad used to tell me, if, you know, nothing's easy. Nothing's free and nothing's easy. You have to work for it. You know, a Christian life's the same way. God designed it so it wouldn't be easy. And even fellowship is something we have to work on. Right. How about this? Pastors, we have to love the unlovable, don't we, sometimes? You know that person. You guys probably don't see it because you are that. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> But sometimes we can't get caught up on our personal feelings. We just have to love people. And sometimes our flesh is saying, hey, you just, next time you see them. (laughs) That's not what God said. He says we need to love them. Even the lost, we need to love the lost. Well, Pastor Peace, they're not saved. Why would we love them? Because God loved them. So much he gave his only begotten son. Jesus loved them so much that he went to the cross. And we should love them. We should go out in the highways and hedges and bid them to come in. That's That's a duty. That's a duty. Wisdom comes from fellowship. But what about this? Worship determines our fellowship. Worship determines our fellowship. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 20. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 20. God's word says, But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. There are people that worship the wrong thing and therefore their fellowship with God can be hurt. Now, I'm just going to tell you this. Feel free to correct me, Pastor. When when we have fellowship with God, God never, ever walks away from us. We walk away from God. So in essence, and I'm not talking salvation, the Bible says no man can take you out of God's hand. Amen? But our fellowship with God can be impacted by sin. It's all through the Bible. And yet we can walk away from God, and God is standing there. He wants to have fellowship with us. He wants to spend time with us. He wants to be the key thing in our life. You mentioned David this morning and how David was, you know, uh, uh, God's heart. And and, and it also calls him the apple of God's eye. And and I just, I did a study on this because I was preaching on this. And this is kind of interesting because when they would use that term, the apple of someone's eye, it was actually not talking about an apple. But it was talking about if you're standing in front of the person and you see your reflection in that person's eye. That's the apple. 
That's what they're referring to is that little image in, the, in someone's eye. And when I looked more into that, I looked into, okay, so that has that meaning, so let's dig a little deeper. And digging a little deeper, it's simply that when you have the apple of someone's eye, you have a total focus on them. So when David's the apple of God's eye, I really believe, as context is with the verse that that says, is he's got all of God's focus. Now, can I tell you this? That's a good thing to have God's focus on your life. That's a good thing to have him direct your path. And that's a good thing when he, when he gives us a, a path to walk and we walk it and we determine our fellowship is only with him. The degree of our fellowship that we have with people should be determined by our agreement in worship. Um, you know, we see that uh, Amos 3.3 3 says, Can two walk together except they agree? You know, you have no business hanging out with the lost. We're to go to the lost. We're to witness to the lost. But listen, if someone's not saved, don't hang out with them. Your best friend should not be an unsaved person. Because you can't agree. And when we think about, even in marriage, that, that is so important. And when two people get married, the Bible says they become one flesh. And that one flesh must agree. Otherwise, the Bible says they're unequally yoked. Right. Now, I do a lot of counseling with families where the husband's saved and the wife's not, or vice versa. Can I tell you, when the Bible says most miserable... It's referring to their home because they're not walking together. They're not heading in the same direction. But I've also seen where the husband gets saved or the wife gets saved and God restores that oneness in the family. And they start walking together and they're fellowshipping together the way God's told them to. And they become one flesh and their family completely changes and it becomes a wonderful place. Why? Because they're fellowshipping in the Lord. And they're walking together. I have in my notes that um, I just had like six things. I'm not going to dwell on these. But when we see things that agree and things that don't agree, salvation's one. How many ways are there to get saved? There's only one. How many religions have different ways that you can get saved? Thousands, millions, whatever. You have no business walking with someone that believes differently on how to get saved. You must agree. Scriptures. I, you know, I get really tired, and maybe it's because Washington State's very liberal, but the King James Bible is probably 0.5% of the Bible that's used in Washington State. Even the Mormons there don't use it anymore. Yeah, everyone says, well, at least the Mormons use the King James Bible. Well, they don't anymore. They still have the, the fakeness and the, they're still a cult. But can I tell you that you can't agree if you don't walk together in the same word of God. The biggest church that I ever... We were looking for a church one time and um, it was BP before pastoring and... Uh, we were out of fresh out of the military. We were looking. We went to this, uh, I think it was called Mountain Hill Baptist Church. And, hey, it had Baptist written on it. Praise God. We found a church. And we went in and went to the Sunday school class. And we had a, uh, one guy that was reading from the New King James. And the other guy was reading from the NIV positive crowd. And, and the, uh, the, uh, there was another one reading from another transcript and all that stuff. And, and, and even as a young Christian... I said, there's something wrong here because it was chaotic. It was chaotic. So the Sunday school teacher gets up and reads a verse and someone jumps up and says, well, that's not in my Bible. And the other person says, well, that's not exactly what my Bible says. And they start arguing in Sunday school class. That's exactly what I was doing. This is just ridiculous. Can I remind you that God is not the author of confusion? Amen. Satan is. They can't agree together. 
And all because they don't. And, and even if they did agree all on the NIV Bible, it would still make it wrong. Because it's corrupted text. It's a corrupted text. didn't even come from the Texas Receptus. It came from the Alexandrian text. Full of errors. And you know, just irony, this is free. When you read it, and it's missing something, you know what it says? Well, if you'd like to see this verse, go see the King James Version, blah, 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 blah. Or this was taken out of the King James Version. No, this verse was omitted, but here's what the verse says in the King James Version. <laughs> That's crazy. Because even when they're wrong, they're trying to seek what's right. And, and I'll be honest with you. Uh, you know, I believe this is the Bible for the English-speaking people. I believe it. I'm King James 100% because I believe it's got the truth. I have here salvation. Two must agree. Scriptures, we must agree on that. Service, we must agree on that. How many churches have different kinds of service? Now, back home, everything's about universal church. Universal church. Do you really need a church when the whole nature is God's church? It's just, they're just a bunch of tree huggers up there, but <laughs> I might move to Missouri. <laughs> the problem is you hug a tree and you get a snake in the face, but, <laughs> or a tornado picking you up and moving you to another tree. Um, but I, I will tell you that they must agree in that. We are a local church. Crimson Avenue Baptist Church is a local assembly. It's physical. You can taste it, touch. Well, you could if you put your tongue on someone's hand, but you could <laughs> taste it, touch it, and feel it. Right. Amen. That's a local church. Not universal, not spiritual. Right. Well, hopefully you're spiritual, but I mean, not, you know, outside this world. You are a physical church, yeah. like the church in Ephesus. Right. You know how I know that was a real church? Because what did God tell John to do? He said, write these things down and then go tell the churches. The sad part is Ephesus was warned, yeah. was warned. That's sad. But anyway, I'm not going to preach on that. That's subnote four. Our walk displays our fellowship. So we talked about our worship or displaying our fellowship. But how about this? Our walk displays our fellowship. Turn to 1 John chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. 1 John chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Probably one of my favorite verses that, that I made my church memorize. But 1 John chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. And God's word says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sins. Can I tell you, the way we walk shows our relationship with our Lord. The way we walk. You know, what cause do you stand for? You know, some of us will pick up a cause and we'll walk that and all that stuff. But then when God says, listen, I need you to do something for me, you need to take a stand, a godly stance. What are you going to do then? You know, when we mentioned that, that virus that uh, we don't talk about, God said, who's going to make a stand? Who's going to keep doing church? Right. You know, there are still churches today that aren't meeting, eat meeting together. And you know what? Now it went from a virus to sin. Right. Shame on them. Shame on them. The cause that our fellowship stands for and how we should cha champion that cause. Also look over in chapter 1, verse number 3 of 1 John. It says, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. You know, once again, our fellowship should be based on what we walk with and what we should walk with is Christ. You know, really this has one theme in it. It's to seek after God and be godly in our fellowship. Whether it be with God, whether it be with man, or whether it be with what we do, how we worship, all those things should be focused 
on the Lord. Lastly, our fellowship deci- or our will decides our fellowship, and and uh, I'll tell you that uh, this is a hard part for some Christians because uh, you know what we place our effort into should match what God expects us to place our effort into. Right. See, this is where pastors struggle. God, what is your will? God reveals it to this pastor and. He, and I said, whoa, 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 God, <laughs> let's talk again. Let's pray about this and see your will again. Uh, and it comes back the same. Now, like everything else that we have, we can make a choice, can't we? We all have. None of us are robots. None of us. Right. We all have free will. We all can choose to follow Christ or choose to follow this world or, few, or choose to follow God's will for us. Can I tell you, the perfect will of God is a really cool place to be in. And you say, well, you know, I've experienced that. In my Christian walk, I've experienced the perfect will of God where God just blesses from the left and the right and all that stuff. And, man, this is awesome. Well, can I tell you, your church can be in the perfect will of God. Now, how do I say that? You say, well, pastor, how can you say that? Remember, this church is not the building. It's made up of believers. And if God can have a perfect will in each and every one of you, then he can bring you in one accord fellowship seeking his perfect will for this church. Oh, how important it is. See, we can decide different things here. We can decide our friends, our spouses, our church. We can pick our church. We can decide to dedicate ourselves to those things. We can choose to come to church or we can choose to be absent from church. I've really been uh, really hammering this hard at Heritage because God's hand's moving in a great way for us at Heritage Baptist Church. It's been a huge blessing. But I get, can I vent a little bit? This will be free. I'll g- give me two seconds. <laughs> I struggle with excuses why people can't be at church. My dog has a cold. Now you laugh, but you know what? It's probably from etching that verse in your dog. <laughs> Can I tell you, that's, that's excuses I've heard before. My dog's sick. I can't come to church. Can I tell you what is important to you? Is fellowship important? Is faithfulness important? Because God said it is. And we should be faithful. You say, well, what's the extent of that faithfulness, Pastor Peace? Well, your pastor probably preaches on it all the time. Come to church when the church doors are open. Open. See, you guys already know these answers. We should tithe, should we not? Tithing's important. We do that because we love Christ, not because we have to. God said do it, so we should do it. You want to be in the perfect will of God? You need to be a faithful tither. You need to be a faithful church member. You need to be faithful about all things that that God has told you that you should do. Faithful, and not just about church things, but how about, about reading your Bible? How about spending time with God every day? I've been there on that other side of the coin. I know when I've struggled. I said, I don't have time. I don't have time. I'm so busy, I don't have time. You know what God does? He makes me sick, and then I'm laying in bed saying, Oh, Lord, help me. And he says, Now you got the time. It does happen that way. But how important it is for you to fellowship with God. So maybe today you could give God everything. Not hold back anything. You want revival at Crimson Avenue Baptist Church? You want revival here? It's not going to start with an event. It's going to start with you, 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 and you. It's going to start with you guys. If you truly want revival, then seek it and allow God to change you. Let's pray. 
Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this time to come before you. And Lord, I thank you for the message that you've given, given us this morning. And Lord, the message that you've given us this evening. And Lord, I pray that you just watch over us as we, Lord, look to your will for us. And, and uh, Lord, I pray that you put your hand upon uh, Crimson Avenue Baptist Church, Lord. And I just I pray that you, uh, Lord, place your hand on the congregation, place your hand on the pastor, Lord, that we can see some great and mighty things happen here. And Lord, knowing that it all starts with us, and Lord, so help us to commit ourselves to your fellowship. Lord, allow us to walk, talk, and be in fellowship with you. And Lord, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor. Amen. Is there anything in your life that is hindering fellowship, the closeness, the walk with the Lord that He desires. Is there anything just clogging that up? Just maybe a simple little act of obedience. You know the Lord has been pressing you somewhere. Mention it tonight. Disobedience comes in our life and it kind of creates a little bit of a wall between us and the Lord. Sometimes you don't even like yourself. with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I am his own. Amen. That's so, good. What a beautiful thought that is. Amen. Let's not, let's make sure we're walking in a way that doesn't hinder that. Yeah. Well, let's be dismissed in the word of prayer and um, have a great week. We'll, we're going to see you Wednesday, Thursday night visitation, yeah. and Saturday men's prayer. And you know how all that goes. Brother Earl Bond, would you close this morning for tonight? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this day, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your eternal love. Lord, we thank you for the Word of God. 